Hail and well met, everyone. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a podcast by a nerd for other nerds that love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather, and I'll be your host as we journey into the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. So this week, in case you couldn't tell from the title of the episode, I'm going to be talking about the video game Stardew Valley. So like always, to be clear, I'm not an expert on Stardew Valley, hence the name of this episode being Stardew Valley for Dummies, because I am not a huge video gamer. I like video games. I grew up playing them. You know, my brother and I had a Super NES when we were kids that we'd gotten from our uncle. We had a Sega, those kinds of things. He had a PlayStation that we both played on. I've grown up playing video games, but I've never considered myself a video gamer. Like, I'm not hardcore into video games. I enjoy them a lot. However, my husband recently introduced me to Stardew Valley. Part of the reason he introduced me to it is that he really likes the game. He also likes to watch a lot of Twitch streamers and YouTube videos from different creators who cover different video games. So things like Stardew Valley, Minecraft, things like that. Because I'm not a hardcore gamer, I've always kind of hesitated to get started on Minecraft or anything like that. But basically, he told me Stardew Valley is not quite as complicated, so I decided to give it a try, and I'm obsessed I love this game. I've been playing way too much, way too late into the night, but that's a whole other story. One nice thing about this video game is that it's also very family friendly. So if in my little description, quick run through of some of the basics of this game, you think that it sounds like something that you and your family would enjoy doing together, they're working on making that an option. From what I've been able to find, they've got a two-player possibly multiplayer version of the game sort of in beta testing. It's not complete yet, so they haven't released the final patch, the final version for it, but eventually they plan on making that a thing. So it is something where you could potentially play this, you know, with your kids. This could be a good game to play with them, or if the kids are the ones listening, they could play with their parents and actually have their parents do something they enjoy doing with them, which is a nice change for some people. So the basics of Stardew Valley is that it is a farm-based RPG. You inherit your grandfather's old farm, which is in Stardew Valley. You're given some old tools and a little bit of money to get started, and then you just go. One of the things I like about this game, though, is that there's a lot of different features for different people. It is RPG in that you go talk to other characters and there's NPCs that exist. For anyone who doesn't know what that means, NPC stands for non-player character. So it's one of the characters in the video game that you can interact with. And there's a bunch of them. There's a whole town full of them. There's also 12 of them that you can have a relationship with if you decide to. So in addition to being sort of a farming RPG, you also have the option to involve relationship stuff. By talking to them and interacting with them and giving them gifts, you can increase the number of hearts. So basically the connection you have with another character and gradually build it up to a point where you have the option to date certain characters. One nice thing that they've also included is that if you are playing a female avatar, so if your character in the game is female, you're not stuck just 
dating the male options, you can also date the bachelorettes and even eventually actually start dating them and marry them and have children in the game. You can go all the way to that level, which is something that's kind of fun. Now, obviously, not everyone wants to do that aspect of it, and that's fine. You also have the option to go basically dungeoneering. They have a mine in the game, and when you get to the point where you've unlocked it and can go into the mine, you can fight different monsters. You fight slimes and big bugs and things like that. Soot monsters at one point, depending on how far down in the dungeon you are, all of those things happen. So you get loot. You get different monster drops from doing that. You also get experience in mining, which will increase some of your abilities. All of your abilities increase as you use them. So, for example, the fishing mechanic in the game is one that I have trouble with. I don't know what it is, but I am really bad at the fishing. Just really, really bad at the fishing. So I have pretty much completely ignored the fishing. My fishing level is still down at the bottom. I haven't done really anything with it. On the other hand, I had no trouble understanding the farming or the mining or the dungeoneering combat aspect of it. All of those I was fine with, and so my levels there are much higher. I think I'm up to level 8 on most of those. So there's a lot of variation depending on what kind of things you enjoy. I don't know a lot about the multiplayer version they're coming out with yet because I haven't played it. So in terms of how much interaction you have with the other player, or if you're just playing two people in the same town. I'm a little unclear on that still. I haven't downloaded that, and my husband and I haven't tried it yet, partly because it is still essentially being beta tested, and even we've heard, we saw online, that some people had trouble with downloading that, trying it out, and it wiped out their old games. And neither of us wanted to wipe out the game we're currently playing, so we're waiting on that. For anyone who is just now starting it and wants to try the multiplayer so that they can play with someone else in the house or one of their friends, then it might be a great time to try it because you can try that out before they've officially finished it and maybe give them some tips if they've got a spot where they're doing that sort of information. I can tell you if you're looking for more information on the game as a whole, you can find there's two great sources. The one I've used a lot is the official wiki, but their actual website is stardewvalley.net. You can go there to the actual website and get a lot of information on what they're coming out with, new ideas, things like that. The wiki is stardewvalleywiki.com, and stardew is spelled exactly the way you would expect it to be, S-T-A-R-D-E-W, so stardew valley. Very easy to find. The wiki has been extremely helpful, especially in my situation. I am kind of doing a lot of the different aspects of the game, except, of course, for the fishing, because, again don't like the fishing, but that's just me. My husband thinks the fishing is fine and actually does really well with it. And so do some of the gamers that he's watched on Twitch and on YouTube who play the game. They haven't had a problem with the fishing at all. So it's apparently just me, but you know, to each their own. I'm a, I don't like the fishing, but for everything else, the wiki has really good information in terms of where to find the items you're looking for. Because one of the aspects of the RPG portion of it is also that different characters will give you quests. For example, one of the characters might post something at the general store 
which says, I want green algae, which is something that you can get from fishing. It's also something you can sometimes find dropped in the dungeon, but it depends on how far you've gone down into the dungeon, whether or not that's available yet. But what you can do then is bring that character, the item they're asking for, and they'll give you some money. So that's one of the ways that you can earn money, which lets you do different tool upgrades, different achievements, things like that. One of the things that's also nice is that through increasing your tool abilities, so whether that means leveling up your different skills or actually upgrading your tools, it allows you to also work on some of the other things. For instance, when you're mining, that's how you find the different metals, and you need those different metals in order to upgrade your tools. You start off with tools that are basically all titled rusty, so exactly what kind of metal it's supposed to be is a little bit up for debate. But from there, you increase to copper. So the copper is the first metal that you start finding when you're mining the different stones. So if you go looking for copper in order to upgrade your tools, you also end up dealing with your mining. In addition to that, if you upgrade your tools, you're then able to do more of the farming and more of the dungeoneering because you've got better weapons, better tools to work with. There's also an energy bar, so you do have to pay attention to how much energy you're using on the different items. So those are some of the basics. If we go to the very beginning of the game... It starts off with this little cutscene. You get to see a very sort of sad cutscene. So depending on how you feel about video game cutscenes, you may or may not want your kids to watch it with you, or you might want to skip it. But it essentially sums up to your grandfather is dying. He gives you a letter and tells you don't open it. Wait until you're having a really bad day and you're just sick of the rat race, and then open the letter and it'll help you. So... He gives that whole spiel and then passes away. And then we cut to a scene of you working in some sort of cubicle. It's a really awful looking cubicle, by the way, too. And you're just tip tapping away and clearly not enjoying life. And so you open up your letter and find out that you own property in Stardew Valley because he left you this farm. Another cut scene. And then you go to the farm and start meeting some of the NPCs, some of the non-player characters that live in the town. And then from there, you get to choose what you're going to do next. I do recommend paying very close attention to the information they give you, especially if you've never played this kind of video game before. Like I said before, I'm not a video game expert by any means, but I have played enough video games that I can kind of tell when I'm being given information by a character that's supposed to be a semi-tutorial situation. So I paid close attention to make sure I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I also have the added benefit of my husband having played the game, so he gave me a lot of little tips and tricks that really helped. Beyond that, one of the nice things about the game is that you can pause it very easily. If you hit E to look at your different items and what you have, it also pauses the game, which then lets you hop onto the wiki to look up information if you get stuck and don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Now, the game I'm playing, I'm playing it on PC. It is available on other platforms, including Xbox and uh, the Switch. But for anyone who doesn't have one of those, you can download it on Steam onto your PC very easily. On the PC, it's an ASWD game. So you use the ASW and D keys to move yourself forward, backwards, right and left, and all of that. 
And then you use your mouse to click and interact with different options, as well as clicking and interacting with the different characters that are part of the game. The way it works with character interaction is that you are allowed to talk to them a certain amount. Basically, every day they reset with a certain amount of script that will read to you. And what comes up is generated partly off of how you interact with them and also how many hearts. So how friendly are you with that person? For example, if it's someone who you've got quite a few hearts with and you might even be getting close to thinking about dating that character, then the hearts are going to be high enough that you get a reaction that's more positive. They'll say things like, oh, it's so nice to see you and blah, blah, blah. Whereas if it's someone that you don't have very many hearts with or that you've had very little interaction with, one of the phrases they say might be something like, don't you have work to do? Or who are you? I don't know you. Things like that. So it varies a lot depending on the kind of interaction you've already established. You can also give the characters gifts. This is one of the main ways that you can increase the hearts. So if you're interested in the relationship aspect of the game, that's what you want to be looking at doing. And that is one of the areas where the wiki was especially helpful for me because there are a lot of different items in this game. It almost reminds me of Minecraft just in terms of how many different things you can create. There's a lot of stuff you can make. There's a lot of different food dishes. There's a lot of items you can find. And all of them pretty much can be given as a gift. So if you don't know what the character you're talking to likes, you could give them a gift that'll actually make them like you less. So that was one of the reasons why I started using the wiki is to make sure I was not making that situation worse for myself. I didn't want to have a reaction where I was constantly giving characters things they don't like. There's even a couple of characters who don't like ice cream. So even though most of the characters do, if you give those two characters ice cream, you lose favor with them. You lose friendship points and they don't like you as much, which is not fun. You know, part of the fun of that type of a reaction in a game is actually getting the character to like you to see what happens next. And one thing I do like is that as the characters get to know you better, even if they're not one that you can have a romantic interaction with, because there's only 12 out of the, I believe, about 30 characters that you can have a romantic relationship with. If they are one of the non-relationship characters, you still get cutscenes periodically. So what happens is every time you achieve a certain number of hearts, you get a cutscene with a character if you meet certain requirements. So for instance, the requirement might be go into the general store between 11 and 2 p.m. And if you have the right number of hearts and go into the general store during that time frame, you get a little cutscene that gives you more information about the character and gives you a little, you know, caricature example of what life is like in Stardew Valley, which is kind of fun. So that was a lot of fun for me. I liked seeing those little cutscenes and finding out more information. A lot of that information is available on the wiki. So if you are one of those people who wants to know the information, but you don't necessarily have to watch the cutscene or don't want to watch the cutscene, you can skip past it. One thing I did forget to mention until just now also is that this game is more of an 8-bit style game. In my opinion, the graphics are a little better than some of the really old school 8-bit games, but it's kind of got a retro graphic feel, which 
you know, having been someone that grew up playing the Super NES Mario Brothers games or, you know, the Duck Hunt game, things like that, I grew up playing those video games with my cousins. So I really like the retro feel of the graphics as opposed to some of the more 3D, really hardcore graphics, like what you can get in things like World of Warcraft. But again, that's just me. If those kind of graphics are something you do not like, then obviously this may not be a game you'd enjoy as much because the graphics might bother you. Those are things to consider if you think this game sounds like you might want to try it. So I'm going to go into our break, and then when I come back, since I've kind of given you at least a little bit of an overview of what the game is already... I'm going to talk about some of the actual tricks that I have learned as a new player of Stardew Valley. Hi, everyone. So I'm going to keep this actually short this week, but I just want to talk about World Anvil. If you go to worldanvil.com, you can see more about what I'm going to describe. But World Anvil is this awesome website where you can go create your world. The creator actually made the website initially to help his wife, who is an author, create the world for her books. And in doing so, ended up developing a tool that is amazing for helping people to create their worlds for different role-playing games. So there's all sorts of different interactions. You can sign up on their Patreon and then, you know, become one of their backers and get access to more features and everything like that. But I'm so excited because Nerdsmith is partnering with World Anvil, which makes me extremely happy. You can find out more information on our Twitter if you haven't seen it already. But we're very, very excited that... Nerdsmith and World Anvil are going to be working together. We're going to light up the forge, as we've been saying. And so if some sort of world building website sounds like something that would really be helpful to you in your role playing games for at home or for actual play podcasts like we have here, then I definitely recommend checking it out. Okay, so welcome back from the break. And in terms of tips and tricks for brand new players to Stardew Valley, I'm going to tell you the things that I discovered, either that I should have done or that I have realized I did that were very helpful. One thing for starters is pay attention to your TV. Every house is equipped with a TV first thing in the game. And if you click on the TV... There are different TV shows you can watch. When I initially started playing the game, I completely ignored them because I thought that was silly. Why would I watch TV when I'm supposed to be out there doing stuff? Well, I learned from my husband that that TV show that they have there, and there's three or four shows, I can't remember exactly, but each of the shows gives you information. Okay, there's four shows that I know of. There might be more as I progress in the game, I'm not sure. But one of the shows is The Weather Report. That's really important because it tells you what kind of weather to expect the following day. So if it's sunny the day you're playing, it'll tell you, oh, tomorrow it's going to rain. The reason this is important is for a couple of reasons. One is because it helps you plan what you're going to do the next day. And the other is because it gives you an idea of what things you may want to plant. 
and or what things you may want to work on the next day. The reason that's important is because part of the game is also a time management situation. There are four seasons in a year. I think we can all agree that's the case for the most part, I'd assume. And each season in the video game is exactly 28 days. The growing period for different seeds is different lengths and different seasons. There are certain seeds you can only plant during summer, for example, and some of them may take 12 days to fully come to maturity so that you can harvest anything. Other seeds only grow in spring, and maybe they take four days to grow. But if you don't have that information, then what can happen is that you plant something and don't realize the month is about to end, and then before it ever matures, your crop is gone. Because if your crop is not one that happens to grow in multiple seasons, it will die at the end of the season you're in. And then you get nothing from it. The money you spent on the seeds or the time you spent watering it isn't worth anything. It just dies and you don't get anything from it. Which is obviously not good if you're trying to raise money for different things in the game. I definitely recommend if you start up the game, pay attention to that. It's a big thing. The weather report helps a lot. Also on the TV show are, uh, one of the shows is information on the lay of the land and how the different things work. I think it's called Living Off the Land. Another one is information on your fortune. There's a fortune teller who tells you whether or not things are looking up or down for you. That's good to look at because it could help you also decide what you want to do since if the spirits are angry, you probably don't want to go in the dungeon because it's going to be harder, you're not going to find as much stuff, and you might die more easily. Skipping ahead, on the farm itself, making sure you start off with a plot size that works for you. So if you don't think you want to do a lot of the farming, you just want to do it for a little bit of extra money, then probably start small, don't get a huge one, and then buy seeds for crops that are worth more. If you don't know what's worth more, you can go to the wiki and look that information up. I definitely recommend doing that. In terms of the dungeon, my biggest tip for the dungeon, there's two, there's a couple of them. One is pay attention to the time. Every day progresses through a cycle. You wake up at six and you have to be in bed by two o'clock. If you're not in bed by two o'clock, your character passes out and then you owe money to the doctor and everything like that. But if you are in the dungeon and have to get home, you want to pay attention to the clock because if you get too close to two o'clock before you head back to your house, you could pass out before you get there. Also in the dungeon, make sure you are paying attention to your health bar very carefully because if you die in the dungeon, you don't actually die but what happens is you'll wake up at the very top level, someone will have found you and rescued you, and you don't remember anything, your character doesn't. They've essentially been knocked out and don't remember anything, but you'll have forgotten a certain number of levels of the dungeon, which means you have to redo them to clear them again, and you'll also have lost items and money. How much you lose depends on how many times you've died and also, I believe, how far down in the dungeon you were. There was one time I pretty much lost every level I had learned and I had to restart all over again, which sucked. Another thing that is really important is pay attention to your energy bar. You have an energy bar that says basically how much stamina you have. If you don't pay attention to this bar, you could collapse. 
one thing I do like about the game is that both with the time and also with your energy, it does give you a little sort of alert to let you know that you need to pay attention to it. It'll say off in the right-hand corner, excuse me, left-hand bottom corner, oh, you're starting to feel exhausted. Or it'll say, it's getting late, and you see little Zs coming out of your character's head because it's getting close to 2 o'clock and it's telling you, head home, go to bed. So those are important things to pay attention to. Beyond that, I would definitely recommend at least introduce yourself to all of the different characters in the game. Even if you don't plan on having a lot of interactions with the different characters because you don't want to play the relationship aspect of it as much, I would still recommend learning who all the characters are, either through talking to all of them or at least glance at the wiki and have an idea of who everybody is, because a lot of them will give you quests. And those quests, if you complete them, you get money. And often if you complete a quest for them, they also like you a little bit more, which is a plus. But, I mean, a big thing is, in the beginning especially, some of those quests give you a lot of money compared to some of the other things in the game. So until you get the ability to build equipment that gets you more or create wine and create, you know, the other things that are worth more than just the basic crops, having those quests is really helpful in terms of having you get more money to do things with. There's also different things you can do to customize your avatar. In the very beginning, they let you pick a lot of different things, but then as the game progresses, there are some clothing options that you can buy. There's a, a hat mouse that'll sell you hats. It's literally a mouse that sells hats. It's kind of cute. Also, pay attention to the map would be a big one. You can view the map as an overall arcing map. By uh, hitting the M button, it'll pull that up for you. But paying attention to where you are on the map versus when you have to be home is a big thing because beyond the dungeon, there are parts of the map that are very far away from your house. And until you unlock some of the faster transport options, you can't really get there. Another thing I will say about some of the quests in this game, the biggest quest set is the community center. The community center is a building in the town that's basically defunct. It's beat up. It looks horrible. It's run down. It's covered in ivy. It needs a major overhaul or to be demolished. And in the game, you have two options. You can either complete the bundles in the game that are part of the community center. And if you complete those bundles, you basically have these little alien spirit guide things called Junimos who will then go fix things in the town once you've completed gathering items for them. So for example, one of them wants all the foraging stuff. In addition to the crops, there are items you can find seasonally that just grow in the wild. So basically it'd be like foraging wild mushrooms type of idea. You can just find them. And there is one of the little Junimos who has a foraging bundle. So you find all the different things he wants that are forage. You give it to the little Junimo and then it fixes one of the items in the town if you fully complete their bundle. And every time you complete a portion, you get something. A lot of times the items are things like money or seeds or things like that. Some of them, if you complete them, you get things like the keg which lets you create things like wine and beer in the game, which make more money than just the plain crop. There's also um, things like the preserving jar, which lets you create jam and pickles, things like that. So completing those is definitely helpful. 
on the flip side, if you don't want to deal with collecting those things and you'd rather just earn money and pay to fix things, then what you can do is join Jojamart. Now, if you join Jojamart, which is the big like chain grocery store type deal in the city, once you join, you can't unjoin. And if you join Jojamart, you cannot then go back and complete the bundles at the community center. They won't exist. What you'll have to do instead is go to Jojamart and talk to the manager there. And basically you just pay him. And by paying Jojamart, you get to improve something in the city also. And these include things like fixing bridges so that you can get to locked areas. That's a big thing. It's fixing bridges or different connections to get into some of the blocked off areas. As you go around the map initially, there's three or four different bridges that you can't pass because they're broken. There's also a bus that's broken. It basically breaks the day you arrive. So in order to get that fixed, you have to either complete the Junimo bundle that'll fix the bus, or you have to pay Jojamart to fix the bus, depending on which path you've taken. Both of them can be taken. It's up to you what you want to do. I've heard, both from watching people play online and also from some of the stuff on the wiki, that in general, most people prefer to do the community center path. That is the one I'm doing. Because even before I knew any of that, I had just started doing it because I hadn't realized the Jojamart one was a thing yet. I honestly would still probably do that. But those are some of the things you can do. And all of those interactions are a lot of fun. Hopefully this has given you at least kind of a rough idea of what Stardew Valley is and whether or not it might be the kind of game you would like. There's a lot of little intricacies, obviously, like with any video game of, well, if you do X, you get Y, and if you do Y, you get Z, all that kind of stuff. If it sounds like a game you want to try and you like having a heads up on that kind of information, I would definitely 100% recommend go check out the wiki. Again, it is stardewvalleywiki.com. There's a lot of great information there, so if you think it's a game you'd be interested in but you really want to know more first that's a good site to go to and like i said you can also go to stardewvalley.net which is the actual video games website so there's a lot more information there as well like i mentioned it's available on a lot of different platforms so regardless of what video game platform you like to play on you may have the option and i think it's good to look into to see if it's what you even want to do this was a very very quick run through obviously i'm not actually playing the game i can say actually playing the game it to complete anything can take hours and hours and hours so if that's not the kind of video game you like if you like something that's really easy to beat or really easy to complete then this may not be for you because this is designed to be open-ended basically you can keep going for as long as you want there are even some people who play online that have games where game time has been 11 years they haven't been playing for 11 years, obviously, but in terms of their character's life, it's been 11 years in the game. So you can keep going for a really long time if you want to, or you could hit a point where you decide, eh, I'm done, I'm going to switch to a new character, you can start over. There's also different maps, so if you want to try a different map but play the game still, you can just switch it up that way, which is interesting. So hopefully this helps you decide whether or not Stardew Valley sounds like a game for you. And I will be back next week with a new topic. Please remember to check out the other wonderful podcasts and 
productions here at nerdsmith.org. I'll be back next week with a new and interesting topic. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. So you already love D&D, obviously, but you want to sharpen your skills as a DM or player, right? Enter Dear DM, a Dungeons & Dragons advice podcast where I sit down with your favorite Dungeon Masters and answer D&D questions asked by you. Natural 20 is nudist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> a plucked kanku. Uh, charisma. Dump sack charisma. <laughs> really? Great questions in the community today. Some really fun bits to, to talk on and expand on. So Episodes release every other Tuesday and are available at nerdsmith.org or wherever you get your podcasts.